What's going down, podcast listener? Welcome back to the Symbiosis Now podcast. I'm Tyler Colombero, and I'm the host of the show. And on this show, we like to have a good conversation. Every episode, guaranteed. All in hopes of inspiring you to get out there and have your own open conversations with a friend, a family member, or maybe even your enemy. Each episode, we star a special guest where we have an in-depth, action-packed, often intellectual, spiritual, practically psychedelic, and all-inclusive types of conversation. And we have a good fucking time with it. So folks, you can find us online where the Symbiosis Now Network, where there's some links to the podcasts, plural podcasts, because we have a couple others underneath the network blanket. And without further ado, let us voyage into the yonder of conversation with our very special guest on the Symbiosis Now podcast. This is the Symbiosis Now okay, podcast. All right, that's, that's so I wanted, to not do, I wanted to not have as much and just from the hip. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, Morgan Bide shoots yeah. from the hip, folks. We know this about the guy. He's here with us. We're here at the Wake House. What you heard at the beginning right now was the the beautiful corking, uncorking of a 15-year-aged whistle pig, extra small batch. What else is it called? It's rye. What? What? Uh, Tell I us. I they it. call that the elbow room, Lucy, and. It will get you tight, real tight, <laughs> real tight. And loses goose too, so yeah. hey, whatever. But yeah. I like yeah. tight. <laughs> yeah, don't we all? We like tight at the Wake House, folks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not in old fashions. Mostly on the uh, espresso martinis. Right, right. A little espresso teeny sometimes to get you there. But we're about to be sipping on some of this beautiful whistle pig. We're here with Morgan Bide, the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> Hey everyone, how's it going? Uh, Morgan Bide, 34. I'm 34? Here. Yeah, I am. My I man, am. dude. Jesus. I didn't know you were that much older yeah. than me. I thought you were just like a couple years yeah. older than me. But swear. you're just balling, bro. Swear to Jeebus. Swear to Jeebus. He swears to Jeebus. Yeah, folks. no, it's time of the season. <laughs> season of the year, too. But, yeah. Yeah, so uh, 34 years young. And spent most of my life in Wild and Fire. Now I work for a private utility company. And we're here chasing down the demons. What are the demons? The demons are, this day and age, you go into a great bar somewhere, food is good, service is amazing, and bartender's going to chase you down for a podcast. That's right, because we got an old-fashioned drinking badass right here with me. <laughs> taught me low-key, folks. Morgan taught me low-key how to make an old-fashioned correctly. Well, because he knows what to taste for, he knows what to look for. You know what? My mom told me, those who can't do teach. Right. And I'm here to coach and complain. <laughs> I've never heard that shit. That's beautiful. <laughs> but yeah, bro, I don't know. We could talk about whatever the fuck you want, Mr. Morgan Bide, whenever the fuck you want. Okay. But All definitely, right. I mean, I don't know. Seasons are changing, bro. The they leaves are, are dropping here are. in California. Yeah. And probably everywhere else if they haven't already. It is a, a rare event here in California, and the seasons are changing because we only have two in the whole state, as far as I'm aware. So, uh, for once in December, thanks for turning. Thank you so much. Cheers, Jacqueline. Thank you. <laughs> Great service over here at the Wake yeah. House. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, my man. That whistle. Mm. My golly. Jeez Louise. Folks, we have to really take this in right now. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. You know, that single cube right there? I think that made the difference. With the stamp, bro? Yeah. Got the W stamp, yeah. bro. Oh, I thought it was in for Morgan tonight. It is. <laughs> I think it we is. have to flip things here sometimes when we're it drinking. Is. Mm. My golly, dude. I already feel like I drank it too fast. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I'm being ungrateful. Yeah. No, no, there's a whole there's a whole bottle of it. And uh gosh dang dude, cheers. That cheers, man. Woo! That's oaky. That is oaky. Yeah. And not the kiss your cousin kind. Yeah. But the rye is yeah. nice, bro. It's yeah. very zesty. Peppery going on in my front tongue. Oh man, it's like a <laughs> You ever walked into a white person's house? after uh, caroling or something, whatever people do in the Midwest, and think, oh my gosh, that's salmon scrotum. <laughs> I feel like this tastes like Saturn's ball. Yeah. Bro, I'm fucking down with it, bro. Yeah, these peppermint patties me. I'm Cheers. down with it, bro. Mm. All right, we're already fucked up. All right. It's podcast is over, guys. No. <laughs> We've only just begun. Yeah. Here we are. But for real, the seasons are changing, bro. It's getting cold as shit outside. Yeah. yeah. And like fire danger, I guess theoretically is low. Yeah. But yeah. is it when it's a low elevation? No. Well, I mean, because the, the dew maybe keeps a lot of the in the mornings maybe keeps like the fire down a little bit, like the, the relative humidity high. Well, you know, uh, morning sundew kiss can sometimes be deceiving because it tricks people into thinking, hey, it's time to bring my piles. And you know, those of us who have uh, worked in a field. Of combustibilities, <laughs> we'll call it right now. Right. We'll say, um, no, it's not actually because, you know, sometimes you see a little sunning, uh, a little morning dew in the sun, and uh, it's not. Uh, you might have relative communities as low as 20 this time of year in California, especially on the West Coast, which. I'm gonna nerd out. I mean, start I want you to nerd yeah. out, bro. I'm yeah. down. We're right. down on the okay. the Symbiosis Now right. podcast uh, we're to listen to the legendary voice. Morgan Bide <laughs> lay it out for us. I'm down as fuck. When it comes to fire, I am the uh, the tricks hair. So we're oh. gonna yeah the yeah. tricks hair. <laughs> Damn, yeah. yeah, bro. I am a, Munner, a Saturday morning cereal. So here we go. So when it comes to you know this time of year here in California people get this deception of oh my gosh there's dew on my grass time to ruin that massive pile I have and it's really not because there's a sliding scale of relative humidity and I'm gonna dumb it down a lot any wildland firefighters I'm which so we like out there which we like we're done so there's a sliding scale zero to three hundred right now I just pulled live fuel moistures ranging on a scale of about I'm gonna from the grapevine up to roughly Norfolk, which is the exact center of California. The running average was 69 degrees on that scale. And so, as amazing as that number is, and we all appreciate it, we all love it, it's actually incredibly dry. Right. Yeah. On so, the scale of it all, yeah. On the scale of it all. Right. So, um, you know, people think, like, oh my gosh, winter, summer's behind us, winter's ahead of us, we have a great great NOAA forecast coming and we have moisture coming. I'll tell you what, last week there was four days of rain predicted. Here in the Central Valley, where we're at, at a um, Slake, the third house, there is no days of recorded moisture. So uh, it's not time to burn yet, folks. We're not here in the Central Valley. And that's my rabbit hole for that one. But um, there's a ongoing situation outside of that that 
we can address, but here in this house, I'm just going to say don't bring your piles yet, please, in the foothills. Don't burn your piles, folks, out in the foothills. You heard it here. Don't do it. It's not worth it. I just laid out why. Mm. <laughs> but I'm thinking about burning a fire, bro. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I want to have a bonfire, yeah. bro. It's cold yeah. outside. Well, Everyone's yeah. thinking like that. Hey. You know, bonfire's different, though. Exactly. We're not talking about that, right? Yeah. We're no. talking about a big-ass We're talking about brush piles and shit. Stuff. Yeah, take your, take your precautions. Cut your line around your piles. People who I'm talking to that know this, that hear this, they know what I'm talking about. And for the rest of us Flatlanders down here in the Central Valley, just don't have a fire outside right yeah. now. Yeah. Just don't. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Just don't. Yeah. What the fuck are they doing? Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, I mean, I will say this. People that don't know shit don't know shit. And People that don't know shit don't know shit. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> you know, and there, there's a lesson that can only be learned and taught by experience and I feel like the vast majority of people that keep my job and my line of work and business they learn by experience and I appreciate them right I truly do right but you know ABC 30 news is so full of hey tonight this guy did this and you and I sit there in our recliners on Monday morning you know quarterbacking a football game and think to ourselves oh my gosh why why would that white elephant do that? Why would that white elephant do that, you know? Yeah. And we, we, you and I think to ourselves, what an idiot. What an idiot. And there's people out there that, this is what terrifies me in the world. People out there that think, well, how could that have gone wrong? <laughs> right. And that's what's scary to me is that there's a population out there that thinks, how could that have gone wrong? Right. It's interesting because you brought up something I talk about on this podcast yeah. all the fucking time, bro, about how um, essentially we deal with a lot of propaganda in a mm. sense that we see on the news every day. It's always like some kind of story. It's kind of just, even if it's just like whatever, it's cool. Sometimes it's good news, believe it or not. Yeah. But most of the time it's just some kind of narrative crafted to make you feel some type of way about an industry, mm. about a politician, yeah. about uh, your neighbor. Like during COVID was a big one. Like they're yeah. all kill you and they're not getting vaxxed and they're going to kill your grandma. Like that's the kind of world we live in. I agree. And it didn't happen yesterday. And it sure is fucking to be there tomorrow. Well, there's, there, you know, but there's always Wednesday. True. <laughs> There's always Wednesday. Right, and today's Sunday, so we got a couple days to Yeah, break. if you trust the propagandists, we have until the end of the week. But God forbid, you hope in next week, because F you if you do. Right. Better not turn your back on this. This is a big story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like it's like herpes. Um, you know, it's one blister until it's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> just a blister, man. Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah. No, I was just working really hard this week. At the Gigolo factory? <laughs> bro, you're right. It festers. Bro. Exactly. You have the infection. Yeah. You could say yeah. the idea infection of yeah. listening to too many other opinions that are usually very warped. They're yeah. not a realistic point of view. They're not a realistic perspective or no. opinion. No. There's some kind of, even the way they talk to you on the news. Yeah. It's weird. Like, today, we have, <laughs> imagine if I started the podcast like this, even though it sounded like shit kind yeah. of, because there's a lot of shit going yeah, on in the background. Okay. But I wasn't game. like, today, we are talking to Morgan by <laughs> the great legendary man. That still sounded epic. But it's like you have to say it like that almost to to sound like you're commanding. Well, that's part of the element why the news they speak the way they do. It's it's something that they learn. Like you have to almost be commanding them to to vibe with what you're saying. I'm gonna pick a mustache hair off my tongue here before I say this, but I like it. 
Uh, okay, oh. there we go. I got that curly bastard. That's another one. Thank you. I had four of them. Nice. Uh, <laughs> so, all I'm going to say to that, my only rebuttal is, even to a healthy fish, bait is food until it isn't. Right. And that's what that is. I mean, I, not, not to go down yet another rabbit hole, but that's what oh, this podcast is Oh, that's what we love. About. Yeah, we love okay. this. Yes, all yes. right. Okay, so... You know, yesterday, I thought to myself, gosh dang, dude, do you have enough guns? Do you have enough silver? Do you have enough water? And I caught myself thinking, oh my god, you dumb MFer. You don't. You really, really don't. And I started thinking, well, what else do we need to stock up on? And then I caught myself in the middle of all that. Why? I'm good for 72 hours. My family's good for 72 hours. Do we truly believe that we're not going to be able to survive for 72 hours until something, anything can be restored, some greater mass of intelligence? 72 hours is three days, folks. Exactly. And in layman's terms, that's not much time. I agree 100%, bro. But you know, that's how it'll go down. That's, like how it, that's what scares people. The, sand, the standard you know, rule of thumb... Is what I'll call it. 72 hours is vital. So, 72 hours, you need to be able to keep yourself and parties under your roof alive. When this was created, I, I do believe it's outdated. I do. But, 72 hours is a pretty good rule of thumb. If you can't figure something out in 72 hours, you're one of... Darwin's victims, I'm sorry, but you are. Right. <coughs> yeah. So, I truly believe that if you can't figure out what the greater mass is going to know within that time frame and how to react, well, that was the first test and you failed. And that's tough and sad to say, but so long, thank you for playing. <laughs> you know? Right. So, what are you doing about it, though? Like, you know what I mean? Like, does it make you nervous as fuck? Well, you so, said you didn't have silver, you didn't have water. You right. know, like let's all be honest. Right. Does anyone, even prepper, has to? Sometimes right. they only have enough to get them a couple weeks. Realistically, right. I yes. mean, food. I mean, what yeah. are you gonna seriously like ration and, fucking starve and yourself on three weeks that you're trying to survive? I mean, think about what kind of external influence there may have. I'm not gonna call it an attack. Think about what external influence that might be. Uh, was it radioactive? Was it of this world? Was it external? extraterrestrial even well that's gonna affect your water supply because I'll tell you what nuclear bomb my little crystal geyser bottle at the house is uh, not gonna be up to the test right so the thing is is your supply not only sufficient for time frame but is it sufficient for external influences right right so I mean we can call it what it is and we can we can say this that and the other but you know, I, I, I know nothing about a lot of this stuff. I, I'm not a survivalist. I'm not any of that. I've I've been in a situation where I ran out of food and water prior to this. Right. Working a while in right. fire. And, you know, it was no one's fault. But sometimes logistical trains break down. And there's circumstances that you cannot prepare for except for mentally. Right. And so, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, the thing is, you can spend all day long stockpiling this, that, the other. 
But if there is an external circumstance that exudes what your internal abilities are, you're screwed. And the only ability you have left is mental fortitude, I suppose. I don't know, not to get too deep or jump down a rabbit hole that was six feet deep off the surface, but that's that. Six feet deep, though, bro. I like it. <laughs> Specific, bro, yeah. yeah. Hey, what's crazy is like six feet, bro. Six feet deep, like, came up during the fucking Black Plague, bro. Mm-hmm. They were like, you gotta bury them six feet yep. under so that way rat- rats and shit can't get down there. And uh, specifically, wolves at that time. Really? Yeah. So, spe- at that time, specifically wolves. Because yeah. they'll dig them up, dig you up, bro. So, anything past six feet, um, internally in the earth, whatever, um, they cannot. Smell that. So you had to, right. you had to bury the corpse. Right. <laughs> Six feet past. So, so that way it stays down there for Earth to deal with. Yeah. 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 Especially right. during Black Plague. Folks, this is Tyler Colombaro from the Symbiosis Now Network. I want to shout you out real quick and say thank you for listening to the Symbiosis Now podcast. If you're into podcasts, if you know someone that's a farmer, a friend of a farmer, a horticulturalist, a scientist, an agronomist, a PCA, a grape grower, you name it, send them over to check out the Cali Ag podcast where we discuss all things California agriculture. You can find the link in the description to that podcast. And while you're at it, go give us a follow on Instagram at symbiosis.now.network. Let's get back to the show. I was in Atwater uh, four nights ago, and someone said, you're from Reedley? Do you go to that wake house sometimes? In Atwater. 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 You guys have reached uh, northern Central Valley now. I was going to say, where the fuck's Atwater, bro? So, I don't even know so where Atwater, that's at, no, dog. Well, they call it Fatwater, but um, yeah. No, so Atwater's northern Merced. Uh, so it is to Merced what Clovis is to Fresno. Oh, okay. It's the best way to gotcha. appropriate okay, yeah, that name. It's right yeah. outside of yeah. Merced. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Got you. Yeah. That's fucking That's dope. actually where Bailey's from. Yeah? Yeah. So they, yeah. they know because she posts about it. No. No? No. No. That's the thing. Oh. No. They've so been y- here. Y'all are making it. They've been y'all here. Y'all are making it. There was a there was a yeah. fist bump going on yeah. right there, folks. Just we we finger bang dynamite. <laughs> finger bang dynamite. Never heard yeah, that. Yeah, I like yeah. it. Cheers to that shit, bro. Hell yeah. I was getting a lot of fuse. So I know you're not an expert in this area. Okay. Right? But yeah. I like talking about it. Because okay. we're right next, as we record this, we're yeah. at the Wake House of Reedley. We're right off the Kings River, which last year flooded like a motherfucker. It because really there was did. a lot of precipitation. Yeah. Do you think we're going to have a wet year? Okay, so... You I mean, hear shit from people in the industry, for sure. <laughs> right? You so, know? yes, I will talk about people in my industry. So, Ooh. working in fire prevention for a private utility company who I will not name, however, right, right, yeah. coming from a federal background of green pants team form and that's where i'm gonna leave that one <sighs> rhymes with circus at the end okay anyways yes uh so the avenues i look into for weather predictions and predictive services say that yes here in the central valley we are in for a very wet warm right. winter right. up through and including roughly the end of December, specifically here along the Kings River Canyon, as well as south enough that we go into almost the Central Coast. Okay. We are looking at a 
very wet, warm winter, uh, up to including, I will say the beginning will be the end of December, optimistically, as well as the end of March, optimistically. Mm-hmm. And so they say April's flowers, or April showers bring May flowers, you know, most times. But here in California, this has never really been true. I mean, shoot, when... How really do you see flowers here on the orchards? The no, I hear you 100%. Like, California is different. It's not the same type of uh, <laughs> yeah. climate. Yeah, for sure. No. Because uh, our rain year starts in October. Right. And to, right. ends in September. Right. So, really, like, generally, they say most of the rainfall in California right. falls between uh, late December, so January, yeah. and, like, not, not even March, really, no, right? Like, no. it, January, February. Yeah, yeah. Basically, November through February is, like, the yeah. hot time for rain. In so, California, so I mean, historically, to our uh, our records, well, you right? I, so, and the, and the crazy part is, I'm going to say what you and I know are normal. So, I'm 34 years old, and I'm we've born, been here. Yeah. I mean, we've been here, literally. exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm 34 years old. How are you, Tyler? I'm 29, doggy. All right, okay. So, there's a five-year span there. So, from 89, March 7th, 89, up to and including 94 of June. June, okay. So, up to including that. You and I remember warm and wet. I do. Yeah, I do. Like and yeah. through the young, like the, like the mid '90s when I, I don't know, I probably start remembering shit around like two or three, right. maybe. But but like into like year 2000, oh. 2001, two, I remember it being yeah. a lot of rain, a lot of rain through 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 the winter, yeah. quote unquote. All Lots I remember, all I remember is warm and wet, and I'm not Catholic, but I'll tell you this much. It was external. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Yeah, no, no not It was right. external. Yeah, so, okay, so there was always no snow, but plenty of rain and a lot of moisture. So, so our springs lasted from, from what I recall, and I was a child in 1997. So what I remember in 1997, prior to moving to uh, Kings County from Fresno County, is watching Lion King with my brother who at that time maybe was eight. And it was mid, but I, in, in what should be mid-spring, so April, here in California, Central California specifically. And my dad and all the other dads in the neighborhood going out sandbagging, 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 piling up around the culverts. And I had no idea what they were doing. And now I understand that state that happened then, we were only just now working from an internal structure of what I'll call it critical infrastructure of Central California. Then what they were doing was catching up. Now what we are doing is also behind the tide. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's kind of weird, right? I mean, because like they used to sandbag to prevent flooding into their house or whatever type of shit. Whatever washout ditches, whatever. Yeah, yeah, to make sure that doesn't happen because they were they were concerned that it's likely to happen and it would happen. <laughs> exactly. Taught people a lesson over time and time again. Yeah. And then for the last twenty years, bro, we keep on hearing drought, drought. California's in a drought, yeah. and it may just be in a cycle. Maybe, perhaps, who knows? I don't know, but I'm pretty sure yeah. it might just be in a cycle. Right. But we're in a drought. We're in a drought. So we geared towards banking on the fact that it's going to be a drought. Yes. I talk about this on the Cali Ag podcast, uh, especially with Anthony Garcia. Shout out to you, bro. We talk about how this last season 
was a big deal for a lot of stone fruit growing around here in the Central Valley because it had a lot of excess moisture. Almonds, things like that. They generally put these crops on a rootstock that is drought tolerant on yeah. purpose. So it essentially uh, can do fine if there's minimal water, yes. right? But yeah. that's a genetic quality that if all of a sudden if you get hella water that year, yeah. it might create rot more. Yeah. That might be the yeah. downside well, of having a look, drought look at tolerant and freezing. Or crop. Yeah. People think, well, okay, how can we be in drought if citrus is freezing, right? Right. Well, that's a whole different kind of moisture. Right. It's hard, it's fast, and it's useless. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and there, there's anomalies to go with that, and there's analogies to go with that we won't get into, but it's the same with citrus freezing. So right. I'm getting out with that one. Right. You hear that espresso machine back in the background there, folks. Ooh. We make espresso martinis over at the Wake House come through. We do. And you know, I, I'm, I'm going to say this right now. Look around the room. I see some of these exemplary Santa Claus attire. I do too. Off to my west side here. Yes, sir. I will say Joy and uh, no, it's just Joy. It says, I thought I was joying something else. Joy and whatever else to the world. Right. <laughs> yeah. Joy and all that to the world, my man. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Ooh, that whistle pig. Uh, Ooh, 15 man, uh, year. 15 years. Uh, pretty smooth. But it yeah. is, bro. It's like caramely. Oh, dude. It's, uh, you know, I'm glad that I waited for a good occasion to open this because it couldn't have been the same any other way. Hell yeah. That's all I'm going to say that one. Hell yeah. But to get back to the podcast, um, yes, there are some exigent circumstances around here that will say, save your water, don't be wasteful, you know, don't live in excess if you can avoid it. And that's all I'm going to say to that, because this is in the 90s, this is in the 80s, but I will tell you, looking from a critical interior infrastructure position in the world, yeah, there's a reason to be in the conserving mode, I guess, I don't know, um, conserve, again. There's a reason. We learned it. I mean, I feel like the cycle that California specifically, because we're kind of talking about that area of the world, went through for the last couple decades. And maybe we're not out of that cycle, right? Who knows? But Because we don't know. No. no We like to say we have records, but they only go back so fucking far. Yeah. We're talking about the (laughs) earth here, folks. This is a geological fucking mechanism here. It's it's, it's older than than anything or anyone. If this thing was a, a cog and key and a gear turner, we're on maybe one-third of the gear cycle. And we're over here freaking out about global warming, this and that and the other, but look to your local geologist. They will tell you global warming and cooling and everything to go with that is a repetitive cycle. That's what's crazy about the fucking flood, right? Noah's Ark type shit. Everyone knows that story. Even if they never read the Bible. Right. I've heard of Noah's Ark, right? So the flood. Ask a, all ask the a books. third of kindergartners these days, and they'll tell you it is Abraham's Ark. So, right. you know. Somehow, yeah. Yeah, we're falling, we're falling short. But anyways, you're right. You're, we're falling short somewhere is my only point to that one. And my only point is that there's been floods before. If it's documented oh, in absolutely. a lot of scriptures, yeah. clearly there's yeah. been floods before. Yeah. Like gnarly floods. Like yeah. wipe a lot of the earth away. Maybe yeah. be underwater. Yeah. Fucking who knows, yeah. you know, like type of shit. So, what, what I... What I um, 
I guess the only thing in my experience uh, coming up to this point, and uh, the really only thing that's relevant up to now, is the OPQRST wave of an EMT, which is the heartbeat, which is your brain telling your atriums to contract, to push blood and down into your ventricles, and then you know push those out, that blood, those blood cells out to your body. And that's a very dumbed down, you know, way to say this all. But the thing is, there is a sequence, and there's a reasoning to all the chaos that's out there, you know. So the sinoatrial, sinoatrial node in your heart uh-huh. is an electrical node. You have electricity within you, a half amp, and that fires every time your brain tells your heart it needs more blood, which we call breathing. And so that fires out an electrical syndrome through the Purkinje fibers of your heart. And that contracts the atrium and the ventrium, well, ventricles of your heart, which is the upper and lower chambers. And there's a sequence in which it fires, which is what motors and vehicles are based on. There's a firing sequence. And if that was not in sync, if that was not on time, you would die. So sequences and and cycles and all these things, they go on with everything that lives in this world. Yeah, I mean, look at a flower. Look at that sequence. Exactly. That Fibonacci sequence. Yeah, so watch SpongeBob. Every time he photosynthesizes thigh himself. Multiple photosynthesis. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for catching yeah, that. Yeah, I hear you. I get you. Yeah, there was cacti in here earlier. That's Cac- why I There's many that. cacti around yeah. us in the wake house, folks. Yeah. You gotta come check them out. Some big, some small, but they all hurt. But they're all phallic. Them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when that. When you relevate us and the greater thing is around us, the world, you know, I'm literally sitting here in a room made of wood. That was really the same as you and I sitting in a house built by a cannibal, built out of our bones, you know? There's no difference. There is no difference. We use what's around us, and that's good. There's a harvestable good quality of everything around us. However, when you... That's my elbow. When you go and you take out one little part of that OPQRSC wave going back to the heart wave, fucked everything up. You might not know it for a little while, but you fucked everything up. And that's what it is. At the end of the day, you and I don't matter, but in the greater scheme, I guess we do. That's fucking heavy. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I me, feel you, though, because I think about it. Let my light beer, then, in that No, case. I, I think about it, bro, all the time, actually. I remember being in Wilson Lab. Shout out to UC Kearney and Wilson <laughs> Lab. Jessica Macaro telling me it's less likely that we even fucking exist. Yeah, yeah. Than we do exist. Well, you so know, it's yeah. like it, it almost puts shit into perspective temporarily. Like, yeah. oh shit, like yeah. we don't know fucking damn thing. No, no, know? nothing really. In the grand scheme of things, we don't. We 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 do. We don't matter. I mean, I matter to you, and you matter to me. At the end of the day, do you and I matter in everything? No. Right. But in our little ecosystem here, what I come in here and do affects you. And every day you affect me. Right. 
And that's cool because in our little ecosystem, we're making it a little bit better for you and me. I think so too. Yes. Hence the Symbiosis Now podcast exactly. and network because that's the point of it. You literally to become more strengthened by yeah. the literal connections that yes. are important in each ecosystem, right? Exactly. And it, it, and the point of the podcast is kind of psychedelic and thought nature, yeah. like that, like Absolutely. where it's not so much an ecosystem because it's more the ecology. So it's the multiple ecosystems interacting yeah. together, yeah. and that includes the psychological one for yeah. humans because we've created this plane apparently yeah. at some po- fucking point. Yeah, this realm that we fucking have. Well, quote unquote thoughts in, and we fucking have conversations on a fucking podcast yeah. and shit. Like, yeah. What the fuck? Well, okay, let's take normalcy. 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 What is normalcy to right. you? Right, right. No, I don't even know, bro. Exactly. I said that, everyone said that a lot during the pandemic. They're like, I don't even know what normal is anymore. All the old people even, I don't even know what normal is anymore. Yeah. Well, what the fuck is normal? Complacency? Yeah. Is that what we're talking, well, well, when we say normal, is it complacency? So, because everything's in a state yeah. of emotion con- exactly. constantly. Yeah. Whether it's motion or emotion, yeah. depending on the fucking news you watch. I agree. You know? Yeah. It's all emotion. Well, you know, you, you never can never stand still, stagnant, complacent place. You can use the 15 theory, which every 15th year of a century, some kind of plague comes in. Spanish flu. Prior to that, it was, what, what was that? 1815. So, Spanish flu was 1915. 1815 was some kind of smallpox, maybe? I don't know. I'm not a fucking immunologist. 1750, 1615, 1515, all the way back to the Black Plague, which is 1200s, 1300s, something like that. And I, I guarantee you, of your listeners out there, someone's yelling at me saying, you dumb F. You fucker. Yeah. Get like, your shit gosh, together. Like, like, you stupid person with a soul patch. And they don't know that we have soul patches, but we know we have soul patches. That's right, baby. You know? We and do have soul patches. Yeah. And Maybe shame realize, on them. I don't even realize yeah. they have a soul patch. Yeah, right and here. shame on them for not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can have a soul, baby. At least a patch to prove it. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Well, and that's where Motorcycle Club started. <laughs> no, the okay. handlebars mustache yeah. was a was a, yeah. a reference to handlebars in the motorcycle. <laughs> there's somewhere out there, there's like some kind of cool motorcycle games. Like I'm putting a hit out on this mofo right now. <laughs> I bet he's got a hairy lip. Get him. I hope it's not the Mongols, dog. Oh man, no, no. Cool? So, so everyone I'm cool with it has flea medication. Right, except for my fucking dogs apparently because they got fleas. <laughs> Which so, we're dealing with at the Colombero <laughs> household. Oh, I thought it was a Jeep. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> anyways. No, so getting back to what we're getting back to. Um, you have to cut this section out because I'm going to have to remember what we're getting back to. I don't but, know what we're getting so, back to either. So, we're going to leave that shit in because I don't know either because I want to move on. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. Leave the listener to think about what the fuck we just said on okay. their own time. Run right. it back. Run All it back. Right. If you want to hear All it again, run it back. So, so what I remember is that we were talking about Spanish Blue and, and some other oh, things. Oh, we remember The now. 15 okay. cycle. We're fucking with the listener on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you skanky whores uh, work out. <laughs> <laughs> you beautiful souls. Yeah. Yeah, so please continue listening. Anyways. So what I recall is we were talking about uh, the 15th cycle, which is a plague every 15th year of a new century. And hmm. we had ours, and we've had ours. So like every 100 years, though. We can look at it like that. 
roughly, roughly around every hundred years, yeah. you got some I, crazy I believe, shit going I on. I believe there's some sensical, whimsical thing to do with that. that yeah, but matches. this is like historical record yes. as far as we have record right. that we're discussing. And so, also that included, though, doesn't really include the way we move globally now. So, Because people would stay more standstill. Not everyone was traveling the world on a daily basis, flying right. to another country right. every day and shit, you know, like mm. we do now. So it changes the perspective. You could almost argue maybe uh, epidemics, whatever you want to call it, yeah. could transfer even faster and more to global scale. Now that we're in the 2020s, baby. Yeah. You know? No, I absolutely agree with that. And there's great reason to it. Ooh, that shit's beautiful. Oh, man, that's a beautiful purple. That is good whistle pig. That is good whistle pig, bro. I have waited literally years to open that. Tyler, thank goodness you gave me a reason to open it. We opened it on this yeah. podcast first. You heard that? We did. At Pop. The Wake Cows in Reedley, California. That is my spot, your spot, our spot, we're spot. It's your spot now, listen. You yeah. gotta come through. If you don't have a spot, now you got one. You got a spot. Yeah. And you gotta hit that spot. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, this spot is hot. It is. Yeah. Don't be a thought. <laughs> Anyways. So, we're getting back to this uh, whole uh, 15-year cycle thing. So, recently on Netflix, there's actually a pretty cool little documentary I got hooked up on. And um, it's one of those nights where, like, you're sitting up on your couch and you're alone and your partner's already asleep for the night. And you're just, like, going down a rabbit hole. So, the series I watched, and I found it completely by random, and actually, there's a little bit of local history tied to the series, and it's a good series. Super historical, super uh, informative. The head of Joaquin Murrieta on Netflix. That's what it's called. Yes, and that's a bit of local history. And so local as to yeah, local lore. Uh, as close as Corsgold. We're in Reedley, California. So this is Corsgold, California, which is um, I'm going to call it 45 minutes north and east of Paso Robles, California, which is the gateway to the Central Coast. A lot right. of people agree with that. I'm just going to say that. I hear you. throw that out there. So, the head of Joaquin Marietta deals with literally the story of what is known as a bandit named Joaquin Marietta. And he's notorious for, you know, murdering his wife and child. But the whole lore is there's a whole lot more to go with this story than what is told by the federales as well as the American government who were at the tail end of the War of the Bears which is how America won California at that time and that's the time in which California became a legalized sovereign state republic exactly the Republic of California so everyone kind of groups us in with Texas 1836 March 6 Battle of the Alamo the War of the Cannon as Spaniards in Mexico, who were predominantly Spaniard at the time, call it. And so, you know, that's that's where um, Kit Carson and his lore come from. There's literally Kit Carson Elementary School right here in Fresno County. And it's crazy to me that you say Kit Carson to somebody and they're like, you mean that fair trapper? You mean that fur trapper? No. Kit Carson is literally one of... I'm not going to call it founding father, but a leading figure 
in the formation of California as a republic of the United States. We raped and pillaged Hispanics from America. Americans did this. And, you know, we, we did some things we weren't proud of with the Americans. But that historic lore in Kit Carson is a historic figure. Here in California, and Kit Carson was a great guy, you know, based on the stories, the lore. But who can take that without a grain of salt? So without him, we wouldn't have a lot of the places that are named here in California, like, you know, Tashby Pass and, and Mammoth and a lot of those places. And, you know, California was one roughly around the time that Texas was, too. But we didn't have an Alamo. We had an ongoing, begrudging battle of bandits like Joaquin Murrieta and his partners and some other bounty hunters and hired guns that was Dalton involved with this at all? Who's that? Dalton? Dalton, Dalton, the Dalton gang? Yeah. No, no, no. So Dalton gang... Oh, no, we don't have to go on the tangent. I was just curious. Yeah, no, no. I know where Dalton Mountain is. No. For sure. No, so Dalton only... So there's, in California alone, uh, off the top of my head, Dalton Hot Shots, which is probably the third, somewhere between the third and fifth hotshot crew in the the, uh, Western United States, which uh, the first being... Del Rosa Hotshots, which was formed in 1946 in San Bernardino, California, and their insignia is a Dalton Bighorn Ram. However, Dalton Hotshots, also in Dalton Canyon, their insignia is also a Dalton Bighorn Sheep. Dalton's a family. He's a British entrepreneur, we'll call him, who was a Western settler. And he was not afraid to buy unclaimed land in Southern California between Los Angeles County and San Bernardino County. <coughs> Both of which were for basically larger horn sheep hunting at that time. So, literally, Dalton Hotshots in Glendora, California, I believe, as well as Del Rosa Hotshots, both of their sigils are bighorn rams. Oh, shit. Both discovered, and both those clans rams, discovered by, and I'm going to blink on the guy's first name, a British explorer by the last name of Dalton. So he is famous for basically settling the greater Los Angeles County area. And the hotshot program was founded upon the bighorn sheep that he discovered coming across what is now the tin into Southern California. Right. I know yeah. what you're talking about. I know yeah. where the fuck you're talking yeah. about. Because my buddy that works at the USDA okay. told me that he goes and travels. Shout out to fucking Dave. Shout out to David's APM, bro. He fucking travels anywhere in his FJ Cruiser dog. Okay. He goes oh, deep dude, anywhere. So he's got a sick ass underrated. They are. Yes, he's yeah. got a sick one, right? He'll go deep, bro. He has, like, Gaia.com or whatever, Gaia fucking app or whatever where he can track where he is. Gaia and he can drop little, Yeah, Mother he can Earth. drop okay. little all fucking right. pins where oh. he goes and shit. Okay. Take pictures of his shit. Oh. And it all, like, is like a social so media like, thing almost. So, like, you know? Strava, if you were, like, somebody who was into four-wheel drive, Strava's for running. Okay. Yeah. So, like, okay. it's like comparing your trails and your Yeah, your I think it's like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, and I'm looking at it from the outside, yeah. so I don't really know. Yeah. But, bro, he would go to places like that where he, uh, on the other side of the Sierra Nevadas, okay. right, uh, uh, probably like 
fuck, I don't know, Tehachapi Pass and shit, like down south, right? Like, you, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah like yeah. over off the, the... Off the 58, yeah. Right, yeah. over the Sierra Nevadas in California, okay. ent- exiting the uh, Central Valley into, like, towards Nevada. Right? Yeah, yeah. He'd be like, in the yeah. mountain range, bro, okay. and he'd find old... Uh, do they call them hieroglyphs? Or do they call them petroglyphs? Well, so... He okay. would find them. So is it, a, is it in a cave or is it on an external rock? It would just be on an external rock, okay. dog. So and it would be like a bighorn sheep. Okay. Like you were talking about. Yeah. Dalton sheep. it would be sheep. old as fuck. Yeah. Well, I mean. hieroglyphs or petroglyphs or well, whatever. Well, think fuck, about right? it. Like, if, if you and I, you know, um, let's just say this. Necessity is the mother of all creation, right? Okay. So you're Native American uh, and indigenous people. And you come across a bighorn sheep and you as a hunter a male in the clan the tribe look at that thing and you think about it and you're like man look at those little spindly ass back legs but you think holy shit look at all that usable material on the front ass end of that thing that's the usable material you're gonna fucking paint some pictures about it cause you're gonna tell people about it behind you because what is usable Materials, lore, and the ability to pass the harvesting of that material down. Wouldn't you paint pictures about it? For sure. Yeah. Don't we have YouTube right now? And how much shit do you do on YouTube? Because I do a lot of shit on YouTube. I agree, 100%. 100%. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's just yesterday YouTube. That's all that is. Right. It's them tube. Them tube. Back then tube. tube. Back then tube. Yeah. (laughs) Cheers to that yeah, cheers shit, to that, bro. Hell yeah, dude. Bro, only thing is, is like, he found multiple. Yeah, yeah. Okay, then he found another rock where it had mountain lion etched into this rock. Right. He sees a mountain lion okay. on this hike. Okay. It validates that the ecology still supports somehow in some weird way that there are mountain lions in that fucking area. Oh, absolutely. That specific yeah. area that he found on this rock yeah. is notorious for having like mountain lions den yeah. there. I don't fucking know. But dude, that's crazy shit. Because like you said, it's like the internet of the old world drawing things on rocks and yeah. uh, leaving stone tablets for the well, rest think of about humanity it. to if, live if, by. If you and I take away this, you know, take away this podcast right here, you and I, I, I have information that you know you need and you have information that I value that I know I need and by happenstance you and I and our clans are going to come across each other in some radioactive post world this that and the other well I'll tell you what you're a survivor at that point I'm a survivor at that point don't you want our clans to kind of blend a little bit? I do. I do. I yeah, because I want my kids and your kids to go on and, and blend. I do too. And, and I want them to find the products of baby fucking from Pineapple Express, if you will. Yes. Yeah. Good metaphor. Exactly. So, if that want, baby and this baby yeah. had a baby and they fucked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But instead of instead of pedophilia, let's just take a picture of you and I and say, hey, this is Ty guy and this is Morg. And we have good shit, and you and I have good information. Instead of you and I holding each other over the shoulders while our uh, paraplegic grandchildren paint them on rocks, the images of you and I, what if we just, real quick, you and I had a synchronized messaging system that, like, hey, big cat, don't go around here because those fucking cats will kill you. 
And then we taught that only to you, me, and our children. Right. And then only them knew that hieroglyph. Right. And then everyone else around them was like, oh, man, if I go around this rock, I can pet a real cool kitty. You know? And we sent them around there. And we watched. And yeah, we're go like, until you see yeah, the rock with the mountain yeah, lion on Yeah, it. exactly. And, we, and then you and I and our grandchildren <laughs> sat there on a rock like, ooga, ooga. Hey, watch this dumbass. You know? <laughs> bro, I said this yeah. shit out loud when he showed me these pictures. Yeah. That's what's crazy what you're saying. I was like, bro, like, that was transcended to their tribe and whatever yeah. to know that this is the area where the mountain lion exactly. fucking sleeps, bro, where yeah. it hangs out. So beware. Yeah. This is the area, this yeah. other rock that has the big sh- yeah. sheep on it. Yeah. This is where they are. Yeah. You know, so, and, and there's an ecosystem around exactly. that in this little peak of a valley or whatever the fuck they're in. Because they're like on the other side yeah. of Sierra Nevada is the eastern side of Sierra Nevada. And it's like in a, a little fucking, yeah. I don't know, like its own divot, well, you know, it's, and it's, it's got a mountain yeah. range around yeah. it kind of thing, you know. Well, yeah. Kinda like it, like it, valleys of all types. Yeah. We'll, we'll call, let's, let's call it a wind-driven, holistic plain. Because that's what southern eastern California and... Uh, let's call it southwestern Arizona is around the Colorado River. And it is a holistic plain and it is godforsaken and it's only good for, um, well, smuggling people and narcotics. narcotics. <laughs> and that's what that is. But, to get back to. Because it's desolate. Exactly. Right. It's a exactly. it's a, tra- path, a path to travel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, an undisturbed yeah. path to travel. So oh, I've been there for uh, all in my previous career. I've been there for uh, wildland fires, and you know I've been there off of um, the Colorado River, right there where the uh, California and Nevada border exists. And I'll tell you this much. Thank God, I was experienced in life, and thank God I was experienced in wildland fire, because there's a desolate desolate plane out there that is meant for not you not me not he not she but it was meant for something evil uh yeah and it is a godforsaken plane and i'll tell you what i'm you know i'm not anti-immigrant i'm not any of this shit someone who survives that trek across that land give them a fucking break just please not at my expense. I feel you. <laughs> you know? Because to make it across that, bro, is yeah. fucking epic. It's brutal. It is brutal. It's kind of like how the land. fuck they made it in the Central Valley in yes. California, bro. You yeah. travel through Avenal. Yep. You come over oh horse and God. buggy to, through fucking Avenal. Could you imagine? Okay, see, look me in the eye and tell me you tracked a car off the central slash southern Sierra Nevadas of California and landed in Corcoran and told me you meant to be there? Yeah. Ew, gross. Dude, even Kettleman City is a stretch yeah. to make it from the coast well, if you're moving that way or To whatever. even name it that, like, okay, I'm, listen, I'm, listen, I really, really, deeply, and I'm talking deeply, respect whoever founded Kettleman City. Because for an entire party of people with Down syndrome to make it across the Sierra Nevada, all the way through Central slash Southern California and settle in Kettleman City and figure that's the last mountain plain we're gonna not cross? Man, I'd say my hat's off to you, but here's a fucking bundle of Crayolas. But per- I feel you, but perhaps it was like a stopping point. 
It always maybe has been because we still treat it as such. It's just kind of an intermediate point. Maybe, yeah, right. Yeah, like a last yeah. stop station before you go through the fucking you know, hills it's, again. It's, if you're moving west, you know. And seeing the target beyond the target and falling short right before you broke the gold. Which is crazy that people yeah. even would travel before GPS yes. and shit. Like, and they yes. they're like, "We're going there," yeah. and it's like, "How yep. the fuck do you know where you're going, bro?" Well, you know, some, someone some, might tell you to turn left. Yeah. Well, if you watch Pinocchio, and I don't, but not regularly at least, but um, you know, I've seen it a time or twelve, but so. <laughs> If you watch Pinocchio, if you wish upon a star, and there's a north one, and sailors believe in this, and gosh darn it, if we don't all believe them, but there, you know, I have found my way out of lightning fires where I'm like, oh, oh shoot, well, you know, Avenza doesn't quite account for this hill here and there. You gotta remember, you were relying on GPS technology, and you still, still, sometimes here and there get you wrong. These people did it from the back of a mostly uncovered wagon until it was time to bone and you don't want your 15 kids to see that they figured out how to get here. And you gotta remember why. Why, you know? Right. And, man, there, there are some... Some BDE, you know, and the kids know what I'm talking about. BDE that comes with that, and you just literally had to think. I think, based on what I know from over here, that this is right, and you're gonna go with me. So there's some lad navigation skills for certain, but there's also, hey, you buy into my shit, and let's go my way. And enough of those guys who were able to say that I'm gonna call it one out of five we're right I feel it yeah and they found the Pacific Ocean <laughs> you know a bunch of Mormons found the Pacific Ocean and that's crazy and there's more that we don't know about you know how many ports are there to the Pacific Ocean from the west coast over the Sierra Nevadas someone discovered the 10 someone discovered the 80 here in California. And some dumb son of a bitch discovered gold in the Sacramento River. And now we have California. That's how it happened. And that's like, and then we fought Hispanic people for it. And now we have Joaquin Marietta to circle back around uh, right. Let's circle about back 18 around. chapters later. Right. right. You know, and then there was the uh, there was gold boom. And then you know, so, you know what I heard the other day? And it was funny, because it was actually here. Here at the Wake House, here in Reedy, California. And uh, where I get my best drinks, and where I hang out. And it's Hell nice yeah. Spot. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Clink, 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 clink. That's my drink, 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 drink. Um, so, what I heard here the other night was, and it was from a young buck. He said, if it wasn't for Wranglers, Levi would have never existed. Well, young buck, I'm sorry. Levi Strauss found himself in the 1840s mining, actually, excuse me, 1830s, prior to the gold boom of California. Levi Strauss found himself in California destitute and broke and started making pants out of canvas tents. 
Wranglers was founded in 1947, uh, 19, post-World War II, when a World War II veteran returned from war and decided that Americans needed a more reliable pant. And I heard the other day, some kid spout off some fact at a bar. And here we are doing the exact same thing, Tyler. What the oh, fuck? we are. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, we are. And you learn shit from that, man. You do. You do. You really do. You know, and, and like, I, this can't quite be a ag podcast tonight, but California is a super cool hip-hop happening place. <laughs> yeah. It really is. It is. I mean, people, people shit on Cali. And man, the fact that I said Cali right now is disappointing me even. But people are fleeing this place, and I don't blame them because of the politics. I, it's fucking left us for yeah, dead. Yeah, exactly. It I has. mean, how do you recover from what this current state of imitation of economy? How, how do you how do you recover from that? Yeah, but, you know, it's still the fucking fifth largest economy in the world. It was. It's a state. No, it still is. Well, I mean... That's what's crazy. I'm going to say yes. Because it, even if it's not necessarily happening here at the Wake House, the economy's not booming in this building, yeah. but it's we're, we're doing our thing. We're keeping the doors yeah. open. Exactly. But, bro, there's certain businesses that somehow operate here because of bleeding the population dry that's why yeah. i think it continues to happen because no. you have such a massive population you, you can basically maximize profitability by paying people minimum wage or the minimum wage basically yes. yeah. to produce this whatever product service whatever yeah. for you to still pre profitable so yeah. it adds up bro it's yeah. crazy yeah because it's a big yeah. state but it's a populous state yes yes you know? i i 100% agree with you so very recently, and, and my background, I'm, I base most of my political and, and otherwise opinions on um, my background and my uh, employment, and that's mostly been fire or emergency sponsors. Hell yeah. I do it privately now for a, uh, a public utilities company, and I'm not going to name them, but, uh, you know, there, there's a, a circumstance there that we've reached now, and I think to myself, is this the point at which I'm going to internally declare an emergency here in California? Because at what point from an emergency responder, an emergency planner, do you declare populist overload on an emergency basis? Right. Because we're there. And in my head, and this is only based on local community response, we are there. So... There's things that we can do in this community for this populace, but more and more and more and more, I'm seeing in this world, and that's only compared to my local community emergency response, being a small community, more and more and more, I am seeing a failure of the federal emergency systems to reach what we might call an adequate response to a large-scale emergency and I've gone to a female event I've gone to a total of in my life and I started in the fire 
world right out of high school in 2007. So right now that's just shy of, yeah, shoot, just shy of 20 years. I've worked in the emergency response system. And I've seen a cataclysmic failure of the emergency response system in my professional career seven times. That I can recall. In less than 20 years, you've seen it seven times. That, that I would call a cataclysmic failure, yes. Now, did they recover from it very quickly? Yeah. Yes. Yes, they have. Yes, there was a short sight in logistical needs. There was a short sight in planning. There was a short sight in resource needs on the ground. And the other time there was a short sight simply in the event itself. And that's understandable because you don't know the windfall of an event until it hits you. And how do you prepare for an emergency that you don't understand the spectrum of? You don't. And people are so quick to shit on FEMA. People are so quick to shit on this emergency system, this, that, the other. But literally an emergency is the unplanned. We are planning for the unplanned. And people are so quick to shit on that. And, and I didn't work on the Western Seaboard when I went to a FEMA event when I was... 23. I went to the Eastern Seaboard. It was in the middle of the Nor'easter storm event, and um, it got downgraded from a hurricane. And it was around the year of 2012, is all I'm going to say. And at that time, I was a Forest Service hotshot on a crew in California. That's the most I can say about that. However, uh, they came to us on October 30th and they said, Who here can go, no strings attached, to the, uh, the East Coast Seaboard? There's a storm coming in, and they need EMTs, they need Sawyers, they need this, they need that. So, all, you know, those are available as always. Right now. And, you know, being 23, you don't think about what you're doing. You don't think about what you're agreeing to. You don't think anything of it. You're, I'm needed? Oh, my gosh. I'll do it. I'm important. Tomorrow. I, ex- that night. There. That night. So, what they did was they gave us the next six hours off to go prepare my partner and I, my closest friend on the crew at the time, he followed me over to my current career. Close friend of mine. And uh, we drove down from uh, a place up the 178 in California down to uh, the 58 in California. And it's, uh, I'll call it toilet and flushes. And it uh, rhymes with Shakersfield. Okay. Yeah. 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 So we, we rolled down there and uh, we got winter coats that night because they said hey you're gonna want to be warm okay all right at 23 warm is oh i'll grow my beard i'll grow up my beard tonight i'll yeah. do this i have i have right. you know this that and the other i have a vest exactly yeah i'm i'm good aladdin had a vest and he fought a genie or something you know <laughs> <laughs> But it wasn't cold, yeah, motherfucker. But yeah, but the thing was, I had nipples and Ladin didn't. And so we went down to <laughs> went down to Dick's or REI or whatever runs with six. And we got our, our jackets, showed up next morning at 3 a.m., rolled up in these um, one of two 10 person module carriers, I'll call them. And I, I came from a background of Forest Service, that's a 20 person type 
one IHC crew specifically meant for fighting fire. And so, those out there listening that know that, good on you. Um, hope you have a buckle. So, we rolled down to Ontario, California, and we loaded up in a plane. They didn't have food, I'll tell you that much right now, because I'm a hungry motherfucker, and there was no food offered. Minus the peanuts I brought on board with me, that ended up being an issue. <laughs> and so, we flew to the eastern seaboard. And we offloaded in a state that runs in Transylvania sometime around, I think, 3, 3 a.m., somewhere around there. And ourselves and the other um, IHCs, as well called them, offloaded. And they drove us into New Jersey, New York, depending on your assignment, depending on what your uh, specification was. I was an EMT as well as three or four others on my crew. They split us up. They, it felt like I was in the immigration center. They said, hey, you you here, what you, what, like, what do you have? I'm like, oh, not herpes. I'm like, no, no, what certifications do you have? And I was like, okay, all right. And they're like, okay, you're over here. You, you're over here. And that was the last time I saw one of my best friends for a few weeks. And so we get over there, we split up, and, and we slept in what were, turned out to be a um, condemned World War II pilot facility from 1940. Four, five, somewhere around then, the end of World War II. And I said, hey, I wouldn't sleep in there if I were you. I thought, well, shoot heck, dude. It's uh, 32 degrees out here on a good day. And they said, they gave me the eyeballs up and down. And they said, you look tough. You'll make do. And I did. I slept outside that night on the grass. And that's FEMA for you, you know? And the thing was, that didn't discourage me. I was there to help. I was there, oh my gosh, this is where the Twin Towers were attacked. This is, this is that, this is, this is here. The next, uh, I'll call it two to four nights. We slept one more night outside. And we slept uh, a couple nights in FDNY station. And my boss at that time, great guy really great guy and I'm gonna say that because he prefaces every story of a guy he doesn't like with he's a good guy you know you know fucking great guy he actually was a good guy I'm just gonna say this his name was the name of the first man and he didn't create sandbags but his last name rhymed with it anyways Good guy. Good guy. And he, with his, this FDNY volunteer station, one of the first responders, mind you, to 2011, an event that happened around that time in September, one of the very first stations that responded to this, still has pieces of that engine, of that station, of that building that events transpired with built into their station. And they invite us in and they say, hey, We've heard you, you're these uh, army rangers of fire. <laughs> Me being 23 and full of wisdom, said, Army rangers? I said, yeah. We heard you guys are kind of badasses. And being as humble as I was, I said, you're fucking right you are. You got us. Yeah, you got us. They're asserting my life, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lesson of humility will come coming later on. 
Yeah, you got us. That's us. Little did I know, they actually had an armored ranger at that station who served there. Oh, shit. Yeah. Me being a loudmouth bastard at 23 didn't know any better. Right. This guy came up, what battalion were you in? I said, oh, shoot. Like, what do you, I don't even know what, what the fuck do you to do? say. What do you do? What do you do? Yeah. Say. So at 20, like, literally, at 23, I'm, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm, I'm like, this heroic ass plaster of a man. <laughs> I say, what battalion? He looks at me and goes, he said, Ranger, Ranger Battalion. I said, I never said I was the Rangers. He goes, well, one of our boys came up and told me that you said you're the Rangers and firefighters, so I figured you're a Ranger. You don't feel like a dirtbag? Throw me in some sawdust and spin me around and scoop me up because I felt like an absolute dirtbag right then and there. I said, sir, I've never served in the Rangers. I'm just simply with the force. Man, he goes, don't worry, don't worry. We won't call it Solon Valier. <laughs> what does that mean? Solon Valier is a Valor war. Is um, faking having served in the military arms. Oh, shit. It's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, so that was my nearest and dearest and worst, horrific, scariest brush with Solon Valor. Never do that. Never say don't you were yeah, what you weren't. For sure. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> Just don't. Yeah, so that's my experience with that, and he ended up being really cool about it, and I explained to him the whole situation, but you want to face a red face test? That's one of them right there, is it explain to a veteran why you claimed something he was entitled to that you were not, that you claimed. Right. Yeah. That's fucked. And it was a joke, and that's fucked. the worst part. Yeah, Doesn't you matter, know, though, yeah, bro. you know, you don't right? feel silly, yeah, that's one of them. So, anyways, we spent the next five days over in New York. We actually ended up being some of the first people to repopulate Fire Island. And, um, actually, there was a volunteer company of FDNY, and this is 2012, November of 2012, a volunteer company of FDNY firefighters willingly remained behind in the Chesapeake Bay on Fire Island. And they stayed throughout the storm and I kid you not driving across the bay to Fire Island there was homes floating in the bay like what was left of them and this FDNY company volunteered to ride out the storm there and I kid you not there was a surf shop there was an apparel shop there was a boutique several high end restaurants that were flooded out floating in the bay this, that, and the other. And the locals remained behind to support their FDNY volunteer company who volunteered to ride out this storm. And this was an unprecedented storm. And their story is probably never getting told, but we came in and behind us the bridge collapsed. And this is around November of 2012. There's houses floating in the bay. There's surf shops with their apparel floating all over everywhere. Holy shit. Yeah. And these guys remain behind to make sure that the local populace, who decided to stay behind, were going to be okay. And we got in and we said, hey, we're here to help. And this is granted the voice of FEMA. I'm the voice of FEMA at this point. I'm an EMT in the employment of FEMA. And they say... Okay, how? 
And I will tell you, with all the might of the U.S. government, with all the ability this federal government has to support us, do you know what my answer to them was? I don't know. The bridge collapsed behind me. And those guys started whooping up spaghetti, they started whooping up meat, and they fed us the next two nights. The rescuing force. And that's not to bash FEMA, that's not to bash anyone. It's, I guess, really more than anything to promote what it is that even a volunteer can do when they care. Because we were the rescuing force and we did nothing for them. They actually ended up rescuing us. And that's crazy. Because at the end of the day, what are you except for what you supported and what you represented when you showed up? That's wild. That's fucking wild. Yeah. And those guys didn't hesitate. They said, how many you got? And started portioning out meals based on that. We added to their fucking mouths to feed for two days, and they made it work. And we were supposed to be rescuing them. And we didn't. We didn't. We did not for two days. We communicated back to the mainland. But you know what the mainland told us? Can't help you. Can't get into you. Make use of your local resources. And the local resources didn't hesitate. They were prepared. We weren't. And that's crazy because at the end of the day, you can prepare. I can prepare. But unless you're prepared, nothing's coming to rescue you. I think about that a lot. Yeah. I think about that a lot with like, uh, I don't know, if some kind of bombing campaign happened across the United States or some shit, we'd all be fucked. Um, if, if some alien invasion came, like people like to talk about. Yeah. That fucking happened tomorrow. In the movies, it's often depicted that the military is first on the yeah. scene. They, in fact, already knew it was coming. Yeah. But do they? No. Are they going to have your and I back if that <laughs> shit happens? Whatever happens? You might be contaminated as well as me. And I don't you know think what immediately. That is. That's, that's for goddamn sure. That's vitamin sure. napalm. Maybe if we're you. left over, we'll be swooped up into yeah. some kind of camp. If right? and willing. Right. That's the thing at the end of the day. Is circle back the wagons to what we're talking about. Is you prepare, I prepare. We're not dumb. you know. And most people listening to this probably aren't going to be dumb. But you can prepare and prepare and prepare and prepare and prepare. I'll tell you what. How do you prepare here in Central California for an 80-foot wave coming at you? How do you prepare for a wildfire in December, which I've experienced on the Thomas Fire when I was 27 or 6 or something like that? How do you prepare for rolling waves of fire coming downhill at you while you're standing between that and the Central Coast? There's nothing to prepare for but how to survive. And and that's okay. But the thing is, you never can prepare for every scenario. You just have to be able to think on your feet. How am I gonna make it to this next scenario? And that's it. You know, there's so many times in Wildland Fire that I thought, holy F, what the hell am I looking at here? What is this? What am I doing here? What? What's happening? Oh, the guy above me must know it. And then you look at them and you realize there's just you. And that's okay. Because they teach you, hopefully, 
how to be that guy one day and make a better decision. That's some heavy shit. Yeah. It reminds me of doing psychedelics for some reason because it reminds me of like mushrooms or something like when you go there yeah, and you look yeah. at the other person that's on it with you and you look like two fucking children trying to figure life out yeah, trying to help each other get better from yeah. this point on yeah, it's yeah. like really profound because yes. you realize oh yeah. shit I'm just like a little fucking nothing out in the middle well, of nowhere and in space and on earth you know somewhere yeah. out there well you're, you're a nothing and I am a nothing and we're nothing and this whiskey's amazing. This whiskey's amazing. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. It really is. Let me, t- let me take a sip real quick. Bro. Mm. This whistle piggy is... Mm-hmm. I'll get in my dome. Well, right I'll now. be chasing onions in the dirt for months if this is the case right here. Damn. Yeah. So, truffles, I actually, I believe is what they hunt. But, so, my best friend, and uh, Tyler, you are, you're beautiful. You're an amazing friend Thank you, sir. Thank you. And you have great facial hair, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate that, sir. I'm just saying. <laughs> not that mine tastes any different, but you have some great facial hair. Anyways, my best friend and I, I will say this. We are polar opposites of an end product, I guess, is what our parents thought. My parents are married. His parents are married. His grandparents are married. My, big, my grandparents are married. All my grandparents are married. All of his grandparents are married. He's been incarcerated. I'm a guess. Four times. I've been incarcerated one time, briefly. I decided that going 90 miles per hour with alcohol in my system was right, and it was wrong. He has had different charges. And I'll tell you what, man. Walks alive. We came from the same exact soil. Do you want to watch a couple of cacti grow differently? That's us. And it's all about the sunlight that was shined. You know, I was my parents' sunlight. I was. I was the center. Of, I was the youngest child. He was the oldest. His younger brother called me the other night, and he was like, "Hey, I'm here with this chick. I'm at the resort. I'm tripping balls. Help me out here." This guy the other night. My best friend. Hey, man. I need to get discounts on Marriott app. Give me that junior suite over here in uh, Central Coast Town. It's very prevalent. You know, sometimes we shine sunlight on different flowers, and we think, no, that's all it takes. One of those flowers got a couple different, a little bit of attention to it. The other, a lot more than that. And one of them was calling me to help me out of what sounds like a hook situation. The other one was calling me to, hey, man, book me this room and give me cash right now. (laughs) You know? Hey, what do you do about that? Right. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Who knows when it comes to World War III? Who the fuck knows? Because what does that even mean? We know we know what World War One and Two was yeah. because we can look back and reflect upon it right. to our historical recordings at at will. But when we are now in the situation where the global economy and populace and political situation is all tied together somehow, right? Along with the internet, 
holy right. shit, the social media nature of it all. Right. Holy shit. Right. What do we even what do we even know still? It's the same thing. It's just you get distracted with being on the social media, being yeah. on, watching the news, being um, involved in politics. But really, what's right in front of us is the most important. Right. But it's crazy because we think about like Russia and Ukraine. Right? Yeah. That was a big deal for the last right. year and a half. Right. You know, we're at the end of twenty twenty three right now yeah. as we talk about this. Um, nobody talks about it anymore. Right. Well, I, I don't mean, even hear about it. I don't even fucking hear about it. Well, and I was like, oh, shit. And now we have Palestine-Israel, some big conflict that Gaza the news Strip. dominates, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's it's fucking important. But it's crazy because people are like, oh, World War III, blah, blah, blah. It might, be, it might start. Right. Sometimes I think it already started. Well, It's I mean, a matter of things just running their course at this point. And hopefully well, it won't go to crazy, crazy World War III type shit, whatever that would mean. Well, like film-type ideology, you okay, know? Okay, so film-type, I say, okay, let's backtrack here a second. What, and, and I'm on board with you, what constitutes in your head full-blown World War III? Right. What is that to you? Yeah. What is that? Yeah, I don't know, bro. I mean, like, we can't fucking go out to have a drink. Right. I mean, like, oh, fuck, dude. Like, well, we can't we, have a car. Oh, you know, all through World War Two and one, we were able to go out and have a drink. The thing is, my grandfather in World War Two met my grandmother in the Fresno... Theater, Fox, ticket booth on weekend leave. So if it wasn't for going out having a drink, they would have never got married. I would not be here. Right. So all I gotta say to that is maybe war is good for crazy fucking unprotected sex. <laughs> Bunch of babies are coming down the pipe, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Bunch of unwanted yeah, babies perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> Just you know, kidding. That, I'm, I'm, no, I'm in no way in no way advocating that please hey uh, all the babies that are had though are wanted okay or a broken rubber right but man i know what you mean bro it's yeah. crazy to think though that we're like we we hear this rhetoric yeah. around world war yeah. three yes. possibility yes. being in the air and i think yep. that's like the new like terrorism yeah. remember in the last two decades bro it was all about yeah. terrorism you gotta yeah. be worried about the fucking well ice i mean okay what, but now what, you gotta be worried terrorism? about world war three yeah. might happen it's like okay yeah. well what the fuck does that mean i think that's mostly yeah. what people are thinking no, like, what does that actually mean i agree i so i and here's my thing with that is what what do you now call world war because technically the world in my limited scope of understanding has been at war yeah. for some time some global connections yeah yes. exactly yeah so like we're okay where do you and I differentiate this so what I'm going to tell you is I differentiate this quote unquote world war and granted this is coming from somebody who understands, understands nothing of war I understand this as the inability of the UN or the WHO to control by or try or multi-country obscurities, we'll call them, because you can't call them conflicts, right. Right? Right, right, right? So let's call them obscurities. The inability of the WHO, the UN, whoever, whatever governing body there is of the world, to contain them logistically, because what else? Sends something into conflict, chaotic conflict, we'll call it, without the lack of logistics, right? So when when Africa was, was a war over blood diamonds, what was our governing body doing? We were supplying UN logistics. 
that was what we were doing. That was all we were doing. But that war raged on, controlled. The thing was, though, it was controlled. The right warlords were playing the right parts, taking the right bribes. The thing is right now, and, and this is only, only my unsolicited opinion, Zelensky and Putin are not taking bribes because they can afford not to. China can afford not to. So the problem now is it isn't 12 tribes in Africa. It isn't some Muslims over in the Middle East riding camels and chomping on each other with some sabers and shit here and there. Thing is, these are first world superpowers. They don't give a fuck what the other seven or eight are saying. That's scary to you and me. Because, it is, yeah, because what's the USA gonna say to China tomorrow when they say, "Oh, fuck off! I don't rock it what you say." Nothing. We have nothing to say that shit. I don't. You don't. I've got a forty and some other things. And that's it. At the end of the day, they're a superpower. And we're doing courtesy to each other to listen to each other. And that's it. What else do you say to that? Right. How do you control that? Watch Reservoir Dogs. It is literally right. a political power play anomaly movie. It is people who have nothing to fear from each other, telling each other what the fuck they want, making plays based on... I like you. I don't like you. And that's it. That's all we have to go off of right now. And it's scary. But it's fun. It is fun. It is fun. It is fun. Yeah, every day is roulette. Every day is roulette. Every day is, bro. I always like to say that. We're on the constant precipice of total chaos every yeah. fucking moment. Yeah. Talk about a cataclysmic event that could just yeah. occur tomorrow. Fucking Absolutely. comet come out of nowhere. Yeah. The NASA or who the fuck else isn't aware of because it could happen... Right, right. That fucking yeah, fast. Absolutely, absolutely. And they can, and it can. And, it, and when it happens, it will. And, you know, and it has. I mean, apparently. Yeah. Like, people that, like, like study, like, geology and all this shit that well, happened in the past or whatever. You, you know, and, You and I are one in, I'm going to call it one in ten trillion survivors right now. How many cataclysmic events has this world survived while you and I sat here predetermined, predetermined events? How does this world survive? Well, you know, I sit here and sip on Whistle Pig. Whistle Pig, a brand made by humans decades ago here in America. And out there, there's things whistling by us. We don't have any precedent, no rule over that. Right. Like, fuck us. Seriously. Uh, hey, you're empty, by the way. Drink some more. No, dude, I'm there, bro. I'm there, player. That was his waffle suction cup thing mm. falling on the ground. Anyways, um, yeah. How many precedent, unprecedented events have passed by us that you and I don't know about? We're never real. We don't even you know. know. How? Unprecedented that you and I, preconceived to this, will ever deal with. And you know, at the end of the day, it's like, there's some cool things here in this world. There really are. Some cool things very present slash recent history that happened. And you and I are right here. And that's that. And that's it. And that's all we are. And we can do some cool shit. 
Milwaukee mirror out is so cool too. <laughs> right. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Everyone lives their life, bro. Yeah. You know, however they decide to fucking live it. Yes. And against all odds is hopefully the goal, right? Yeah. Because when you hear such uh, bullshit from people yeah. around you, because they heard yes. it from the news, they heard it on that, right. blah, 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 blah. Right. We don't give a fuck anymore, okay? Right. It's it starts fucking with your mind for some people because yeah. they can't like sink back into their reality what the fuck they're doing what they're actually directly responsible for yeah, right. right and we don't have a lot of responsibility in the states anymore no. I don't no. think I think the general populace they, they have responsibilities they think like they have to show up to work blah blah yeah, blah but right. I mean like having the proper response and the ability to respond respond properly that's what responsibility right. means right. also to situations okay. and I feel like we're not doing that great at it we like to heat more coals on the fire a lot of the time. We like yeah. to say, oh, fuck that country, fuck the other country, fuck the one in between two, yeah. you know? Or, or I disagree, blah, 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 and I really agree with this side or whatever. Right. And that's kind of, honestly, it's just dust in the wind, bro. It's, it's, it's fucking, often it's useless. I agree with that. Because there's a lot of more motives behind whatever's happening globally than right. you and I sitting here are. And even when people talk about whatever, they forget that they're forget that they're they're hearing a point of view from some kind of industry that wants you to think about it a certain way so they can continue doing whatever they're doing. I do agree with that. Right. Yes. And, and, and instead of like thinking about it like a humanitarian point of view or like a realistic point of view, it's more like, oh, well, I heard that there was this that happened too, so it, it must mean that they're the evil person. It's like no matter what, both sides of some kind of conflict are quote-unquote evil because they're using evil force meaning to murder people yeah, and whatever. Yeah. It's fucking evil, whatever, you know what I mean? Right. But who's the most evil is what we seem to be really focused on a lot. Uh, you know, who's well, the more evil of the two, though, yeah, you know? Yeah, I mean, that, that's my rabbit hole. I catch myself down on a monthly basis like how I guess the question is at the end of the day not what's evil this month who is and not to delve too far down a rabbit hole but what is the differentiation of what versus who what is that differentiation and the only differentiation I've ever come up with in my own head and this is a minuscule basis, is the ulterior motive. What's driving them? What is driving this individual, this entity, to do that thing? Now, has the American government always had our best interest in heart? No. You and me? No. Longevity of you and I, in our DNA, in our traits, Further on down the line? Sure. Yeah, probably. Because at the end of the day, what survives, what matters? Strongest. Does that mean physically? Well, I don't fucking know, dude. Does that mean the dude who can smoke the most weed in the party? Maybe. <laughs> somehow, I'll tell you what. Somehow he's a yeah, shaman of his world. I'll tell you what. That dude's succeeding right now. You know? <laughs> He's made a California law that says, hey, dude, smoke my joint. And I say, hey, that's not legal. He says, bitch, it is now. Hell yeah. What am I going to do? I'm going to puff on his toke. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, but at the end of the day, longevity is simply the matter of making sure what you and I have that are good. 
And you have good things, and I have good things. If you have bad things, and I have bad things. We're perfecting it. At what point does perfection become too much? Right. What do you do then? Right. Do you do status quo? Because that's not what this model's based on. You're mine, child. There's a reason there's junior varsity and there's varsity. I played varsity in high school, and we got some losers to play junior varsity. You know what we did? Made fun of them. You know what we did? Beat them up. I'm sorry for saying that on your podcast, but the fact is, that's the truth of the matter. It's a hard truth, but at the end of the day, we want the best, right? We all want the best. I do. You do. Zen's better than not Zen. Folks, when you're out and about and driving out there on the road, are you ever sketched out that you might like get into an accident or or something like that? Because I know I am, and I wouldn't be caught dead out there on the road driving because I don't know how I'd be driving if I were dead. But if I didn't have insurance, I'd surely be economically dead. And we cannot have that, folks. That's why right now, you're listening to this podcast, you're probably like, damn, I don't have insurance or, or, or I know someone that needs insurance. Maybe you should pick up the phone and call Alfredo Vargas over at Academy West Insurance, 559-638-3800. He's going to answer like he did at the beginning of this ad, and he's going to definitely set you up with your needs. If you're not rolling with Alfredo Vargas from Academy West, I don't know. I literally, literally, I don't know who you're insured by because it ain't Geico in the state of California. That's for damn sure. I personally have been insured through Alfredo over at Academy West Insurance for at least five years, and I've had nothing but great outcomes. Even when I bought a new car, he set me up with insurance like that. I didn't even have to wait. These bastards down at the car dealership are all lagging and trying to sell me some other crazy rate and all this stuff. No, 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 no. Not when I call Alfredo Vargas up. He's like, hey man, check it out. This is what we're going to do. And here you go. And I'm like, she. So if you're looking for a little she in your life, call up Alfredo, 559-638-3800. Tell him that Tyler Colombero sent you from the Symbiosis Now Network, and he'll be sure to get you what you need. That's Alfredo Vargas over at Academy West Insurance on West Manning Avenue in Reedley, California. If you want to call him, 559-638-3800, or if you just want to look in the description, all his information's down there, folks. But I do suggest that you do not wait a moment longer to be insured by Alfredo Vargas over at Academy West. Yeah, fuck it. Let's talk about aliens, because we always like to talk about aliens on this fucking podcast, All right, I dig it, I dig it, I dig it. You mean UFOs? Dude, UFOs? 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 Yeah. How do you feel about a fucking, this alien shit? This UFO possibility. What does that even mean? How do you feel about that? Do you think it's a thing? Okay, all right, here's where I'm going to go with this. You might be Campbell's, but I'm a suit can opener. I have seen it. I've done it. I've opened this up. I've drank it. And it was delicious. So, I've been out in the woods a lot in my career, my childhood, whatever you want to call it. I have seen some things in the sky, shooting across the sky on the ground, which we call a terrestrial, that seem to be extraterrestrial. And I'll tell you what, man. 
there's shit out there that I truly do believe we do not understand or fully comprehend or really grasp the full concept of what we're doing here. I'll say that much right now. For sure. Yeah. I agree. 100%. Yeah. You think it's a little green alien dude, though? Like a little <sighs> fucking... Well, the only popper that just kind of comes and abducts somebody, shoves something in their ass, and says, You got What's up? a friend in me. Yeah. Was not human. <laughs> that guy was not human. <laughs> no. Uh, so, <laughs> no, you know, there's things out there that, yeah, I've seen things in the woods and the, and the nightscapes that I cannot truly fully explain, but. I've also think, seen things that I can't explain after the fact, Hind Vision being 2020, that I did not truly believe were going to be explainable. Right. And there was a logical, reasonable explanation for those things. However, the transplant symbiotic symbiotic uh, reverse of that is that there's things that I still have, yeah I'm late on an explanation I am yeah there's things that like I said things I don't know that I found out later on and then there's things that I wish I didn't know truly and I recently went on a couple days with an individual who told me and they worked on a uh, radiation systems, weapon systems. And they told me, listen, there's things that you should know and there's things that no one in the general public needs to know. And the thing is, knowing the little bit I know from working in emergency management services, they're right. That individual was absolutely right. We do not need to know. You and I are higher than intelligent we are on scale. We're I'm high right now for sure. I'm higher than intelligence right now for sure. <laughs> Don't tell me, company. <laughs> you and I are higher than average intelligence. I won't venture that bad. There's people on the spectrum, and I don't mean the spectrum. You know what I mean? Yeah, not the spectrum. Yeah, yes, not yes, the yes, spectrum, yes, but a different spe- yeah. a spectrum of sorts. Not, not not to feel it, but um, a spectrum of sorts. Of sorts, yeah. There's people on the spectrum, in the normal, N-O-A, oh, shit, fuck, N-O-R-M-A-L spectrum, that do not need to know the things that I have found out, and I, I base my value of my knowledge truly, and 100% humbly, in the lower range, and I'll tell you this much. What I can't handle, those lower caste citizens, oh, my effing G on the pyramid. Those retards couldn't handle it tonight, tomorrow, next week, or the week after. For fuck's sake, keep that knowledge from them forever. That's scary. I get what you mean. Yeah. In the sense that 
people will always think that they know something. That's a scary thing about the modern society, too, because conspiracy theories are now like a fucking pop culture thing, yes. you know? Yes. But people like to run with an idea sometimes that, like, do you know that FEMA does this? You brought up right, FEMA earlier. Right, or right. Uh, the government did this. Right. This other government did this yeah. and stuff. And it's just really like a... Like something to get like high on having the conversation. It's fun. Yeah. It's like, oh, I know yeah. something you don't know. I'm telling you a story now about shit yeah. that I didn't even see or I don't even well, fucking really know it's, how it unraveled. It's something that I can look in your eye and listen to. And does it really matter at the end of the day? No. But do you feel relevant after you told me? Probably. Maybe. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's often it's yeah. entertainment. And it's kind of a, the shows and highlights of disconnect in society where yeah. we disconnect ourselves from telling a story that means nothing anymore. It just means, like, I know something. It's an ego thing more than it is, do you realize what this means if the government fucking infiltrated the yeah. projects in the 1980s and implanted crack cocaine to make it a bigger thing and then made laws different yeah. from cocaine and crack cocaine? Well, the relevance you know between what I mean? you and I is, did you suffer from it? I did. Right. You know? Right. It's all, all about relevance. Right, and some people relate to some part of the story, and I think that's yeah. why they like to tell the, what yeah. they think they know about some conspiracy you or some fucking able, yeah. other non- unknown thing that the general public, quote unquote, shouldn't know. Well, another gem that my grandpa taught me is, you gotta be able to nibble on the sake to know what's good. So give a big story, let people feel relevant. Right. And everyone's gonna have a taste on it. Right. You know, at the end of the day, does that affect you and me? But you and I can talk about it. And that's that. And that's that. We got something to chew on. We got some fat to chew on. Right. And I think that's why aliens, UFOs, the topic, uh, it consumes people to a degree because they think that they are chewing on some piece of meat that they never had before. It's of the other. It's It's from the yonder. You know, we don't really know what this tastes like, you know, talking about aliens or whatever. Yeah. And, and and I think that's why it's inspiration or not inspirational, it's uh it's entertaining yeah. for people to it's talk deep. about, right? It's, it's deep. deep. Yeah, it, it makes you question deep, yeah. your own existence. Well, it makes you question yeah. what that means for you yeah. to exist on quote unquote earth yeah. in the middle of the quote unquote universe. Yeah. Right. And I think that's why it's so hot, it's so sexy, it's yeah. so uh uh dopamine for people to talk yeah. about. You yeah, know? you know, it, it's, it's endorphin-inducing. So is war, though, right? Well, it's very endorphin-inducing. Thinking, fuck yeah. those guys, they deserve to die. Or you mean a bunch of kids and children yeah. meant to, they deserve to die? Yeah. For what now? I, I don't understand where you're coming from. I think you don't have a fucking hand in this topic. I think you don't even have a, a hand in what the fuck's going on. So no, it's funny for us just no. to ponder and watch TikTok, and every time I open it up, I see dead fucking children. Like, oh. what the fuck? Oh, shit. I thought you couldn't see that. Uh, but now so, I now you see that so I've not yet on Instagram even no, bro. okay so on I've, Instagram I, yeah, even yeah, bro. I have to, yeah I have to back to and it's not my algorithm because I'm not looking for it okay it's yeah. fucking weird Man. and then so for people to just kind of like make it a talking point and be like oh well fuck the other side or fuck this or fuck that when it's like bro do you realize this is like real people are fucking dying yeah right so so for it to just be an entertainment thing is really a, a sign of the status of where culture in the United yeah. States is. We well, like to talk about things that are entertaining, that are sexy to us. I mean, when I say sexy, yeah, I mean like I they give you some kind of rush. They right. give you some kind of emotional feeling behind it. Well, you know? okay, okay. So my Very only emotional. Ca- my only caveat, my only counter, I guess, and it's truly not even actually a counter. My only counterpoint to that is okay, so the last time America, the greater United States, was truly in a war. 
and it doesn't have to be political or, or divisive in any way, shape, or form. The last time we truly went through this, and I'm a big, I'm, a, I'm preface to this, I'm a big Marvel fan. Okay. Okay. So yeah. both, both my grandfathers were World War II veterans, and this is going to be a bad thing to say. And I truly apologize to everyone out there. So, the last time America truly went through a state similar to something that what we're facing now is, we did war bond drives. And we needed to see a white American capitalist figure saying, come on kids, we need your dollars, we need your scrap iron, we need this, we need that. Or else, Captain of a sword can't defeat uh, the evil guy Adolf right yeah and so I don't think you and I have truly seen the precedence that's occurring right now for what's going to internally become the current relevance of let's call it bomb drives we haven't seen this you and I don't know about it right you know, recently I walked into U.S. Air Force Reserve um, office to see what positions I was even still available for. He said, well, originally I'd say just firemen. You know, fire brigades is what they call it. There's an MOS for it. But now, I'm borderline eligible for a combat-ready position. So, so to state the current state of things there's something on the horizon you and I don't know about right and that's not to push anyone into a state of oh my gosh over unnecessary preparedness but there's something you and I don't know there's something they don't know and that's okay because there's a reason why we should probably know I think what do you think? <laughs> that whistle pig doggy. And boy, I'll tell you. I sometimes kind of think that with all this that we're talking about right now, that like a possibility of like things we've not seen before like maybe our great grandparents have seen type of right. thing is more logical to happen than not okay. that's what I kind of sometimes think because of the time frame that's existed since I mean how many times was the world not almost in that kind of state yeah. where they're rationing and well, all and hands are on deck to warfare of some and kind the scariest answer I feel to that question is yours and mine are timelines our time life. When do you remember that happening in years? No, I don't. Timelines? I exactly. don't. Just see I it don't. on the news, but that's I the closest either. it comes. But you know what? Talking to my father and my uncle, who are both from that time frame, and participated in said events, they remember those. They remember being in a heightened state of alert. They remember being in a militarily prepared event. I don't. I was in junior CBs. I don't remember that, remember? Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I'm trained for it. And, and I do have 
a sense of you know and the crazy part is it's I, I support our military obviously I you know sitting there but I feel like oh my gosh I have some prior sense of training what am I doing not volunteering myself right now for incapacity that the US military needs me for and isn't that weird because I worked only in emergency services since I was 18 years old and that's strange to me because knowing the ICS system, knowing the system I know now, I am absolutely ashamed of myself for not having volunteers sooner. It's crazy because what did they indoctrinate uh, me with? I don't know. All of the same kind of shit that most of us went there. Yeah. That make us kind of feel like we're on that side of the, the fence, right. where we don't really have a, a hand in the issue. Right. You right. Know? You Even if like, you're yeah. in emergency service type work for fucking decades, bro, yeah. like it's like, do I really, you know, am yeah. I really ready for that? Well, like, though, you, you know, feel, like, you that feel, kind you of feel next like there's level a sense of, of um, letting your hand off the controls, and you think, like, oh my gosh, like I, I could be doing something better right now. I'm really letting people down. Oh my gosh, who am I? What am I doing? How dare I? You know? And there's a whole plethora of individuals out there in a field of profession that I'm familiar in leading up to this event that who knows? Maybe they feel the same way. And it's weird. Right. Because then there's a whole army of healthy, ready to serve individuals right there didn't know they're militaristic but up to this point we're led to believe subliminally that's that weird they will. but they will but that they will like we, yeah. we subliminally assume that yeah. that will be fine yeah without exactly. we didn't we didn't list well we'll be fine okay so we'll civil, be fine they'll, they'll handle it civil war 1862 or 3 uh, FDNY firefighters were all drafted into military service they were called as ZWAVs Z-O-U-A-V-E-S ZWAVs ZWAVs okay based on and their uniform is based on French militant mercenaries French foreign legion basically they wore a hat that was a little different from everyone else and they wore pants and shirts that were a little different from everyone else because firefighters need to distinguish ourselves. We need to know we're special. And it's true. And, uh, but, so, New York was famous for these legions minus the Confederate legions of the Tigers, Los Tigres. So they wore blue and white stripe, baggy pants, the cappies that were swept back I'm going to call them beanies. There's a better term for them. But they were what the Zouaves of New York, FDNY, were to Louisiana Department of New York Fire and Protection. <coughs> Salud. Three in a row. He's yeah. got it. Three. Yeah, He's a you. three guy, not a two guy. Oh, gross. He's a three guy. Yeah. Three sneezer, not a two guy. I'm a two yeah. sneezer. So they were based on Louisiana firefighters and they're uh, they were known as the Tigers Louisiana College Tigers 
No one would honor it. No one would recognize it. But they were, to the south, what the Zouaves of FDNY were to the north. And they're known for the brevity in battle. They're endearing terms to their flags, basically. So FDNY was known for protecting the flag. Not for their tactical success, mind you, but for the success protecting the flag. And their counterparts, Santa Louisiana, were known for the same. Zero success rate on battlefield. 100 success rate protecting their flag. <laughs> so, that comes to mind. Where your mind does the determination of brevity and courage overtake tactical success? I hear you. I hear you, bro. Yeah. It's like, do it, does it? Does it? I don't know. It's a combination of sorts. Yeah. It's a collaboration. Yeah. It's a symbiotic movement of some sort. And that's how they get to, to protection overall. Yeah. At the end of the day, having different layers of the onion to peel away before yeah. the flag is taken. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, actually. I think you're right. So in a way, maybe it is, but... That's the 100% success rate because whatever was in front of them maybe stopped it before it got to the last fucking line yeah, to cross, yeah, right? Yeah, yep, yeah. Depending on the battle we're talking about, but just in general, what you were bringing up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense, actually. I so, mean, like, you, like say, the, the FDNY were, like, the last resort backup to make yeah. sure that this shit, if you fucking come here, we're going to shoot every single fucking bird yeah. or whatever. We're going to do whatever yeah. it takes to make sure that that flag doesn't fall because this yeah. is our shit. Uh, oh, my God, we're the FDNY. You know, and we're firefighters, certainly. But, you know, fuck that. We're here with guns. So, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's the thing. It's like, how do you. At what point do you say, fuck, man, this isn't our gig? To, all right, we're here. We're clear. This is our gig. Yeah, now, get yeah. used to it. You know, yeah. we're going to do this right now. Right. And, and,. Gosh, you can transfer that to anything. You know, FDNY fire departments across the world, and I'm I'm going back to fire departments. But you know, they take on any and all risk, whether it be war in that instance, or nuclear preparedness, or like a local ha- laundromat catching on fire. You know, pretty wild. Yeah. It is. So I feel like what you're saying is no matter what fucking rank you are in this existence, you gotta fucking pull through, dog. You oh. gotta fulfill that niche. Oh, no matter gosh. fucking what. Yeah. So whatever rank you are, whatever you want to call it, we would call it class, rank, whatever rank in the battle of life, right? You gotta fucking do your part. Oh, if everyone absolutely. did that, we'd be secure up the ladder. But most people don't. They kind of fucking tucker out. They want to go hide and cuddle with their pillow. But I'm like that sometimes too, bro. I'm fucking terrified of the shit that's going on, you know? No, I understand. agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. But if we do our shit, man, that flag is protected. Yeah, that's great to put it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, and this is very basic. If you're not pulling your weight, if I'm not pulling my weight, why are we there pulling anything, you know? Right. 
yeah, like I got to pull your weight and then the next guy's weight and then the third guy's weight and then like the 10 guys down the line's weight. Like that's not going to work. Yeah, no. No. If everyone fucking pulled their own weight, we'd be solid, dude. Yeah. And and maybe some people could argue that they are, but I want whoever's listening right now to question whether you are or not. At the end of the day, the evidence, well, how about this? The proof is in the pudding. You know, pudding, yeah. Exactly. You know, like, you're going to know if somebody here is pulling their weight. I'm going to know if somebody there where I'm at is pulling their weight. And if there's a legitimate reason to why they're not, I'll work with them. If there's a repeated excuse as to why they can't, would you? It's fucking hard. Exactly. I hear you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's a, you know, I've been there. I've been on both ends of that. And I think the day was my heart in it is usually the definitive answer of that outcome. All right. Let's drink this whiskey. Let's drink this fucking whiskey. Thank you, Morgan Bide, for coming through at the Wake House, folks, live and entertaining. Thank you for listening. Check out all the fucking other episodes of this badass podcast. Check out the Cali Ag podcast where we hope to have Morgan Bide on at some point to talk about the fire, fire wrangling that he does. Shout out to you, big dog. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely, bro. Great times. My man. This podcast was created through the Symbiosis Now Network and can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever the hell else you get your podcasts. And while you're out there exploring the other podcasts that this network creates, be sure to follow the network on Instagram at symbiosis.now.network, where we post lots of clips and highlights. And be sure to tune in to the Symbiosis Now podcast, the Cali Ag podcast, as well as history lessons from the lore master. And be sure to tell your friends about the Symbiosis Now Network.